Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode number 10. Woohoo! We finally reached <laughs> double digits. <laughs> yeah, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is titled, How to Not Lose Yourself in Relationship, and we have a special guest in the studio. We will introduce her in just a moment. But before we do that, I wanted to talk a little bit about what we mean, how to not lose yourself uh, when you're in relationships. So a lot of people, they get into relationships, and who they are kind of like... It kind of goes away, right? All of a sudden, you know, all the things they used to do, the things they used to love kind of disappear. And some people might term that... Codependency, that's a term that you'll hear thrown around a lot. And I just wanted to give you, you know, what, what sort of the dictionary definition of that type of relationship is. So you have a, a kind of an idea of where we're going with this. So according to Scott Wetzler, he's a PhD in the psychology division chief at Albert Einstein College of Medicine. He says that codependent relationships signify a degree of unhealthy clinginess where one person doesn't have self-sufficiency or autonomy. One or both parties depend on their loved ones for fulfillment. So, all right. How many people in the room have been in some way, shape, or form in a codependent relationship? Raise your hand. <laughs> all hands are up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they are, because I think we've all experienced it in one way or another. And that's where today's guest comes in. Mm-hmm, and I'm really excited because we have a fantastic woman with us today. Her name is Rose Cole. And if you've never heard about her before, you really want to check her out. She is a modern-day medicine woman, a world-renowned speaker, author, and spiritual guide. And Rose survived a traumatic childhood of abuse and neglect, and she was adopted and raised by a Native American holly man who inspired her studies of shamanic practices. And the thing that I really think is fascinating about Rose is that she's been given the right to perform Native rites of passage and ceremonies using sacred plants. And that's an amazing honor that is bestowed upon really few women within her spiritual path. And she's one of those women, which makes her so unique and special. And uh, she's deemed the midwife of consciousness. Rose works as a powerful catalyst upon your spiritual path. She offers online programs, books, and resources to empower your life and activate your inner shaman. Well, that's quite an intro. All I want to say is that she's badass, she's tapped in, tuned in, and I can't wait to have you get to know her more. So welcome, Rose. Hello there. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I know you guys know this, but you guys are one of my favorite couples on the whole planet and <laughs> such an inspiration to me personally. And I learned so much from you both. And so I'm just honored to be here. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to have you here on the show as well. So, you know, so many people struggle with unhealthy relationships and they have these patterns that they repeat over and over and over again. <laughs> and they really, they don't know how to get out of them. So I would love if you could just tell us about yourself, how you came to be an expert on codependent relationships and, and what's your story? 
Hmm. Well, I became an expert through the hard knocks of life and going through countless relationships where I would lose myself and end up morphing into them or giving myself away to them. And I was in these really destructive relationships where I wasn't held as an equal and I would dim my my light and I would shrink myself. And every time I left that relationship, I felt empty. Like, wow, I just wasted all of those years of my life. I didn't feel better for the relationship. I felt like I had given myself away. And so I started to study codependency. And that word for me, I associated it with drug use. I associated, I didn't know what codependency was. I thought it meant if you were enabling somebody that was taking drugs, but I started to delve into the real meaning of codependency and how it can show up with people. And I realized that I was far end of the spectrum codependent. And it was my, I was raised by a mother who was incredibly codependent. And so it was just a pattern that got passed down to me. So I had repeated these patterns over and over and over again of these really destructive relationships where men didn't respect me and love me in the way that I know that I am worthy of being loved. Is there uh, an example that you could share with us? I mean, oh, you, don't, yeah. you, don't, you don't have to give away anything you don't want to give away. But like when, when somebody hears that and they yeah. hear, oh, oh, far end of the spectrum, like well, how does that look like? Like how does that show up? Oh, yeah. And you know me. No question is off the table. Um, uh, I mean, an example, I mean, it was constant. So one example, I remember distinctly sleeping over at my boyfriend's house and he had a twin size bed that I would be sleeping on with him. And I would sleep on my side, squished up against the wall so that he could sleep because I didn't want to disturb him, but I wouldn't get sleep all night long. Huh. And so I just, I would sleep all crunched and in an uncomfortable position because I didn't want to wake him. And I just, I didn't want to disturb him. I put his happiness and his contentment and him being comfortable over myself. Mm. And I mentioned that to a woman the other day. I've had several other women tell me, oh my gosh, I do the same thing. Mm. So it showed up in little ways like that. But I literally, I got into a relationship with a man because I didn't want to say no. I just didn't know how to say no. I had sex with men because I just didn't know how to say no or that I had the right to say no. I'd never been taught how to say no, or I didn't know how to set boundaries. I didn't have self-worth. And I know, I know women that have gotten married and had children Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they didn't want to say no or disappoint somebody. Yeah. It's so fascinating because I was really excited having you on the show thinking, I need an expert because I don't really think I have had so many like codependent relationship or unhealthy relationship. And then as we're getting into this discussion and as we are preparing for the show, you were explaining to us how it shows on a spectrum. You're not just black and white, but there's different degrees of it. And now as you're giving those examples, I can totally relate to those. I mean... I've done relationship because I didn't want to say no. I totally had sex because I didn't really know how to say no. And I thought if I say no, actually, it's going to make my life miserable or like repercussions. So I'd rather just go through it and be done with it or um, accepting on the long term something that was not for my highest interest, just so that my partner could feel better about himself. So I, I I can see that these are all examples. Yeah. I would love to make one point of clarification on this. And that is, um, there are times in relationship where you might sacrifice what it is that you Mm. really want or need for your partner. And that's kind of being in relationship, right? So sometimes it's like, 
she really needs to get some sleep tonight because she's got a very important business meeting in the morning and we're stuck in this tiny bed, so I'll make sure that she gets a good night's sleep. But for those who are listening, it becomes a problem when you do it over and over and over again and you're always sacrificing yourself. So I just wanted to make that distinction that, yeah, every once in a while you might make a little sacrifice here and there mm-hmm. to, you know, for somebody that you love. But when you have this pattern of doing it over and over and over and over again, always to your own detriment, that's a sure sign that it's a, it's a codependent relationship. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have a slightly different take on that. I would agree with that mostly, but I have this, I have this this viewpoint now that I don't compromise in relationship, that I, I believe that there's always another yes that can be found. Mm-hmm. And then instead of saying, somebody saying, well, I'm not going to get sleep so you can, then what is another solution? Where is a yes word that we both get what we need? And I find that when you keep searching that there is always a yes that you can find, but it's codependent when one person says, okay, I'm going to be the martyr. I'm going to let you take, I'm going to let you take the bed tonight and I'm not going to get sleep tonight. And you know, those of us that have big hearts and are sensitive and givers, mm-hmm. we have a tendency to do that to a fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. where it's a problem. And that's a great point, right? Because there's a, there's probably a million other solutions like, okay, what if we just uh, took everything off the bed and put it on the floor exactly. where there's more space? There's yeah. sure there's always other ways. So uh, it's creating a win-win. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. we talk a lot about that even like win 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 it's a win for both of you and for the relationship <laughs> absolutely <laughs> totally um so is there any any more to that story that that you want to share or should we well, move on what i learned was that everyone is on a spectrum it's mm. not like you're codependent or you're not and then i said well if you're not codependent what is the opposite of that like what's on the other side of that spectrum or pole so on the other side of the spectrum if you put out one hand that's that's sovereignty and on the other side is the other hand is codependency. Mm -hmm. And we are all somewhere in between on that gradient, on that spectrum. And we have times of our life where we are more codependent and we have that triggered. And when we are more sovereign and, but I find that over time, like for myself personally, the more I've I've learned how to become sovereign, you become a whole person Mm -hmm. and then you attract other people that are sovereign. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually if you're on the far end of the spectrum of codependency, you attract people that are more narcissistic in nature where they're like, oh, we work great because you're going to give all your power away and give me everything I want and I'm just going to keep taking. <laughs> and so those were the relationships that I attracted where it's like, oh, this works great for me. As long as you give me everything I want, we're just fine. Mm-hmm. Notice how that pattern repeats itself through all of society as well. Yeah. This is how we end up with people in government that we have, right? It's yeah, we people, won't mention any names. We but... won't mention any names, but, <laughs> but, but it's giving away our power to people who are more than happy to step in and take it. Yeah, right. absolutely. But I do like the the distinction too that you may be also codependent in, in a particular area. And so for me, I see also sometimes as I like to give and if I don't put myself first, like maybe I'll be like, okay, I'll be the one maybe who does the, I don't know, the extra cleaning when I don't really want to clean the house. And then, and then I will resent it. So now I've learned that... <laughs> Well, I just have to be okay with the fact that the house is not fully clean to the way I want it, or I have to make an appointment with Kevin so that we both get the house clean, or hire somebody, or when I choose to do it, 
it has to come from my heart and it's not because like I don't do it and then think if only I had rested. If I do it, it's because I have energy and this is really what I want to gift. Um, so I can see these little areas where you can be like, oh, this is where I kind of tend to always give a little more than what I truly want. So kind of a little bit being having that awareness so that you can course correct is pretty essential. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we've, we've been talking a lot about sort of giving too much. But I know that that's only one of the signs of codependency. So I'm wondering, Rose, I know that you wrote a great article on the seven signs that you have codependency yes. or, or some similar title of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about what are some of those other signs? Yes. And um, I'd, like, I'd love to give a couple more definitions of codependency, mm-hmm. too, that really help me to have a huge awakening, one of which is anytime you modify or change your behavior in order to be liked or to avoid loss of love. Mm. So I'm going to say that again. Anytime you modify or change your behavior in order to be liked or to avoid loss of love, or I'll, I'll say this, or to make somebody else happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we really can't make anybody else happy, right? It's not really our job or our business, right? That's true. And so I realized there was like this light bulb went off and I realized I wasn't just doing it in romantic relationships. It showed up in work. It showed up in parenting. It showed up with my family. It showed up everywhere. And then the other definition that I, that I really like is when you have a, a need to be needed and liked, not a preference for being needed or liked, but an actual need. And for some people, it can go so far into the spectrum. It can almost be like a phobia mm-hmm. where the thought of somebody not liking you can bring up so much fear that you just do whatever you need to do to kind of placate them or for them to like you because the thought of them withdrawing or not liking you can actually be, bring up terror for a lot of people. I know that that's, that was me at wow. one point in my life. I, I think that's an even bigger one nowadays than it used to be because even though we have all this technology that's supposed to connect us more and bring us more together, more people actually feel alone. Mm. Than, than actually connected. It's true. It's and, totally true. And even with technology, I see it that, at least even for me, it doesn't always help me because you compare yourself to others and then there's this whole thing, oh, other people are better or I'm not good enough or like there's this image of somebody that has out there and then you're like, it doesn't always... Yeah, I think technology sometimes even like will make this need of being like, like how many likes did I get on my post? Yeah. Or like, or like when you're like us and you're entrepreneurs and you have uh, videos and courses and podcasts out there, you know, if you are upfront with your beliefs and likes, you will have people that do not like you. And that's something I had to learn to get over with because I was like, I want everybody to love me, but um, it just doesn't work that way. I I think we're going to have to do a whole show on that and how that relates to your sex life. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And it does. Let's get back uh, to our seven signs because I want people to know all the ways in which they might Mm -hmm. might be doing this. Yeah. So one way is shrinking yourself. So if you find yourself dimming your light, playing small, um, I've even seen people, and I've done this myself, downplaying their success, like how much money they make because they don't want their partner to feel bad, or um, they want to spare their ego or their feelings, or maybe you do this with friends or family. Um, Another way is suppressing your voice. So if you hide what you really desire, like maybe in the bedroom, you really want something kinky and you want some costumes, but you just don't say it or mm-hmm. you're not finished, and but he is. And so you just kind of roll over and, you know, so um, just not speaking your needs and speaking up, but it can also go in a lot of different directions. Like 
Do you hide your political beliefs or your spiritual beliefs from your partner? And you guys know this more than anything is when we hide part of who we are, they don't really know who we are Mm -hmm. and there's lack of intimacy. And then that shows up in the bedroom. It shows up, it shows up everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Another way is taking their stuff on. So when your partner goes through stuff, does it rock you? Does it upset you? Do you find yourself worrying about their problems incessantly or trying to solve their problems for them? Or if they're in a bad mood, do you find that it affects your emotional state? So these are three. You want me to keep going? Oh, you might as well yeah. just throw them I'm all on, out okay. there <laughs> and then we'll see which ones we want to delve into deeper. Okay. I like that. Okay. Next is that your self-care slips. So maybe when you're single, you're going to yoga and going for walks on the beach. And then all of a sudden you're in a relationship and you find yourself watching games of throne on, you know, game of throne on TV, because that's what he wants to watch. Or you find yourself, um, going out to get pizza and beer because that's what he likes to do on Wednesdays or watching the Super Bowl Cause he wants to watch the Super Bowl. Like, you know, and all of a sudden or you eating start... a tub of ice cream because she wants to eat a tub of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I see some winking going on. So there's maybe some personal stuff no, being brought. No, no? okay. No. <laughs> okay. I just want to throw a little male thing in yeah, there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's can be true. It's like, oh, I really want vanilla, but okay, I'll get the chocolate for her. Or, you know, instead of like, oh, we both like pistachio or, you know, mm-hmm. um, but the self-care, I, it's very interesting. People that are codependent, they um, often won't get enough sleep because they'll be, their schedule's so packed doing for others and waking up early to do, like their whole schedule ends up being packed doing things for other people. And they don't end up eating what they should, taking adequate breaks, taking time off. So then you're tired and depleted and who has anything left for your relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Next is that your partner's happiness becomes top priority. I used to do this myself where um, you truly make being de- it's one thing to be devoted to your partner, but when their happiness becomes top priority over your own, then it starts to become toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, next is powerlessness. This one was a big one for me where in a relationship, no one person should hold the power. And you guys do this so beautifully. So you, I don't even know if you can relate to this, but in almost all of my relationships personally, my partner had the power. He was making the decisions. What he said went, it was, he was the alpha and just held more of the power in the relationship. And I would shrink and not, not speak my voice, but in a healthy relationship, both people have, are holding the power equally. Both people have saying it goes back and forth. Uh, We see this in marriages where the man will be the one that holds the money and he makes the decisions and she'll have to go to him to ask permission to write a check or invest in herself when really it's both of their money and she should be able to make decisions equally. Oh, it shows up in the bedroom too, where one person holds the power because one person has a higher libido or lower libido. And basically the one who holds the power is the one with the low libido. And that's the one who decides how much sex the other person gets. And uh, that's a huge power play here and dynamic that I see a lot in my practice. I've seen the opposite too, where the person that has the high sex drive, if that's the man and and if the woman is more codependent, she might just be having sex when she doesn't want to and she doesn't feel it. That, That was me. I had a lower sex drive, but I was just doing it because he wanted to. And I would literally just shut down. It wasn't registering with me. I wasn't enjoying it. So, you know, a lot of these things have a component that is revolving somehow around boundaries, right? Right. Because whether you're having uh, sex because he has a higher sex drive, but you're not really in the mood, but you're doing it just because, you know, he wants to, or any number of the other examples that we've talked about, a lot of them, like the way out of those is to really draw clear boundaries. So I was wondering if you could discuss a little bit about, you know, 
you know, how did setting boundaries work for you? Or do you have any guidelines for how to set good boundaries? Yes, I do. Yes, it really comes down to boundaries and speaking our truth. And then I also teach other things, um, which maybe we'll get a chance to delve into about like the difference between being aggressive, passive aggressive, excuse me, the difference between being aggressive, passive aggressive, or assertive. And a lot of times we get those tangled up. To be assertive is a method of self-care where you you go within to learn what it is that you want and need, and then you set healthy, healthy boundaries. You speak your truth and set healthy boundaries. So I know as a child, I was never taught how to set a healthy boundary. I didn't know what it meant really, and I didn't know that I really had the right to say no. But the first step before you speak a boundary is to get in touch with who you are and what your truth is. And I find that most people, when they've kind of enmeshed and morphed into somebody else, they don't really know who they are and what they want anymore. They've taken on the viewpoints of this other person. So in my work, I first take people through a process of coming back to themselves, which is always this huge discovery. Like, oh my gosh, I don't like scrambled eggs. I've been eating scrambled eggs because he likes scrambled eggs. You just have all these realizations of how much... Most people have been giving away their power and not and morphing into somebody else. So you first come back to yourself. You and then you get clear about what your like-to-haves are versus your must-haves. Your must-haves are your values. They're the things that are make or break. Like there are some things like, okay, if my partner cheated, well, that's a make or break for me. Or if he wants to be in a polyamorous relationship and you don't, then maybe that's a make or break for you. So we have those things that are must-haves. And then we have preferences, right? Mm-hmm. And so getting clear what your like, what your must-haves are and what your like-to-haves are. And I always tell people, if you have a must-have, if you have, if you have a, a value that is really important, anytime we allow somebody to overstep that boundary or we don't stand for that, for that must-have, we, we um, chip away at our own self-esteem and our own self-worth, and we don't trust ourselves. We don't have value anymore. So you decide, okay, well, this is a value. Maybe you're, I just worked with a woman. Um, her partner is doing recreational drugs, and she's been with him for two years, and she's asked him to stop periodically, but I helped her get in touch with, wow, this is a must-have for me. They have a child together. She doesn't want this, her child to be exposed to this. Mm-hmm. So I said, so here's how, what a boundary would look like. It's getting clear what it is you want, speaking it to the other person, and then giving them a choice. Can they meet you here? And if they can't, you have to be prepared to to take action in some form, whatever the repercussion is. And so for her, it was, wow, I really actually have to present it to him as a boundary. Mm -hmm. My boundary is that there are no drugs, and then I'm with a partner that's not taking recreational drugs. If this happens, then I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. I do see that's the place where most people fall short. Like, okay, so you start to know what you want, what you like, you speak it up. But the place where most people can't follow through is the consequences. Right. Where it's like, okay, so this is my, I call it non-negotiable. Uh, you said like must-haves, like, but whatever you call this, like this is what needs to be in place. But then you don't follow through. It's like, okay, if the person's not either willing or capable then you have to be the person who gives that to yourself. And you have to have the consequences that are 
that you follow through. Right. It's just like with a child. If you tell a child no dessert after dinner, and then you go, okay, you can have dessert tonight. Guess what's going to happen for weeks, months to come. <laughs> They're going to berate you for dessert every single dinner because they know that mommy doesn't have, she, she doesn't mean what she says mm-hmm. and you don't have to listen to her. This is why children are such a great mirror because they will show you these patterns so quickly and so yes. irritatingly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always give the example too of a dog. Like if you're a training a dog not to jump up on the couch and then every once in a while you let the dog come up on the couch, the dog's totally confused. Do I come on the couch? Do I not? So we train people how to teach us, how to, how to, how we train people how to, um, teach us, no, how to treat us. Yes. We yeah. train people how to treat us mm-hmm. with every interaction. Mm-hmm. And if we don't stand and set boundaries, they learn that they don't have to they can treat us however they want. Mm-hmm. So this is this is great because this leads into my next question, which is if somebody listening to this show has listened to everything that we've talked about so far and said, Oh shit, that sounds like me. Like, what do they do about it? Yeah. So here's the thing. Take a deep breath. Let's all take a deep breath. <sighs> when, when I learned this, it was literally like having a bucket of ice water poured on my head. I felt sick to my stomach because I'd realized I had trained every person in my life across the board to walk all over me and that I would take it. And I didn't have self-respect and nobody listened to me. And it was in every category, work family, relationships, just know that you can course correct, just like training a dog with consistency, you can show differently. And the most amazing thing happens. You retrain everyone Mm -hmm. and people start to respect you. Mm -hmm. And the people that don't will find a way to what I call vibrate out of your frequency. And then new people come in and it is magic. It really is. So there's always a way to course correct. There's, I've never, even the toughest cases that I've ever seen, and I've seen, I've worked with some complex codependency where they've intertwined all kinds of things in their life. And there are ways to disentangle it, take your power back, speak your truth and do it with grace without blowing up your whole life. So do you address all the areas at once? If you like all across the spectrum, like relationship, family and, and all of that, or do you, or are you recommending that they pick one first or Uh, does it ripple effect if you do one? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Once you learn and you see all the areas where you're doing it, you can't unsee it. (laughs) And then you see it everywhere. And believe it or not, just seeing it starts to unravel the patterns. But I always recommend that people start with coming back to Mm themselves because then you can feel what, what it is that you need and you start to see the pattern everywhere. And I start to show people, I have lists and I show people all the different ways that it shows up. Just the realization is most of the work, believe it or not, Mm -hmm. because it starts to unravel. And then, yeah, you just start to go to each individual um, relationship. And I'll give you guys a little tip. Here's something that's really helpful is to go to the people in your life and say, Hey, there's a change in my life. I am starting to study and see where I've had some patterns, some unconscious patterns. And you could even say, I'm starting to see where I've had some codependency, where that's shown up in different areas in my life. And I'm going through a process of learning and looking at these patterns. And so you're going to see some changes in me. So you alert and you tell people, you can even tell your children, Hey, I realize with that mommy sometimes has had squishy boundaries. 
Sometimes she tells you one thing and then you know how sometimes she lets you have her have your way. <laughs> so I'm realizing that that's not good for you or for me. And so mommy's going to be some, making some changes. And so now from here on out, whenever I say no, then I really mean no. So I'm giving you an example of with a child, but really that could work with your partner, your husband, your boss, or you know whoever. But telling your partner gives them a heads up. So when they see a new change, they're not just like, what's going on? Just don't talk to your adult partner in, in, yeah, uh, in the baby, baby talk. talk. No. <laughs> I well, don't think that'll go over so well. <laughs> Otherwise, that's great advice. So, so Rose, I know that you have created an entire program to help people with this. Yes. So tell us something about that. Yeah. So there's a process that I take people through. It's a nine week process. People have huge awakenings in there and I give people templates and exact wording to say, and I help people to unravel it. Um, there's a whole segment just on romantic relationships and marriage. And then also, um, I help people with whether it's showing up in parenting or work, whatever category in your life. And it's a process of learning to come back to yourself learning self-love, like how to really fill up that internal love tank so you're not looking to source it outside of yourself. So people's confidence goes way up. And when you're exuding that self-love and confidence, then you attract totally different people in your life. So romantic partnerships show up totally differently. So it's a really, it's a beautiful process. Um, it's called Truthfully, and it's the most, um, successful program that I've ever created. The results are like out of this world. Um, and how do people find it? Yeah, yeah that was so my question. They can go to my website. My website is rosecole.com, and that's R-O-S-E-C-O-L-E.com. And you can see all of the programs that I have listed there under the programs tab, or to go directly to the page, you can go to rosecole.com forward slash truthfully. Truthfully. All one word, no dashes. Anything. All one word. Awesome. Well, it will be in the uh, in the in the link section in the show notes. So if you're not sure about it, just click on the link. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's about the end of our show. Unless anybody has any PSs they want to add. No, I think it was quite amazing. Oh, maybe oh, Rose. Oh, yeah, I want to say, oh, I say I thank you. Say that um, in the 20 plus years I've been doing this and facilitating people. I have never met anyone that's come back to me that said, oh my gosh, I wish I didn't know this. Every single mm. person has said, thank God I know this now. Wow, this has changed every area of my life. I'm having better sex. My relationships are better. My confidence has gone through the roof. I can't believe this was right under my nose. And I just want you to know if maybe you're having some sensitivity around this or awakening around, wow, I've been doing this. I've worked with people that have been spiritual teachers, psychiatrists, medical doctors, psychologists. Um, I'm working with one of the most prominent veterinarians in San Diego right now. All of these people had no idea that they were codependent and it showed up with their patients. It showed up in their relationships. So it's just an area that until you learn it, you don't know it mm -hmm. and learning it can, it, you can turn it all around really quickly. It's a sneaky one that is underlying a lot of relationships and most people don't even know it there, know it's there. And that's yeah. why it's so important that we have these conversations. Rose, we want to thank you so much for being on our show today. Mm -hmm. And I know we didn't talk about penises and vaginas as much as we normally do. <laughs> but it's in there. This all comes back to the penis and vagina. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this episode and we will see you next time.
We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>